0: You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics.
1: There's a champion on campus. We'll tell you who it is. Plus, Flames football came up short on their second half surge. We have a true false question that could have decided the game and basketball season is here. Say woo! The man, the myth, the legend himself, head coach Richie McKay joins the show. It's jam-packed. Let's get it started.
0: Our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGiven.
1: All right, Richie McKay isn't joining us just yet. We have Flames football to talk about. You know, it's interesting. Last week we were saying, you know, the Flames have a chance to be in this game, to be Ole Miss. That was like the shocker because, you know, this team has just made the transition a couple years ago to the FBS level. So that in itself was just exciting. Obviously, the Flames came up short. Um, I did have a little hope there in the second half. For sure. Was, yeah. I, was no. I the only one there? No, no things hoping. got real
0: interesting. You had a couple of drives where it could have gotten, you know, down to yeah. a one-score game and suddenly – I was really looking forward to seeing how Ole Miss would respond to that and handle that yeah. pressure late in the game. Didn't quite get there.
1: I think that we'll have three true/false questions oh, oh, that oh, have oh, to boy. go trifecta. Oh. the trifecta, true/false, all for Flames football. But before we get to that, yeah. we have a champion on campus. The Lady Flames field hockey team are Big East champions for the first time in team history. Boom Regular, goes the dynamo. Boom goes yeah. Thank yeah. you, Joe.
0: Regular season <laughs> yes. champs. Tournament champs. So, yeah, how impressive was that? They beat UConn one nothing in the Big East Championship. They found out uh, late Sunday night that they are obviously head to the NCAA tournament. We knew that with the win. But they're going to take on St. Joe's yeah. on Friday at 1-30 in beautiful Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh, you said so, that yeah. really well. Yeah, probably. on the campus of Rutgers yeah. University. So, yeah. uh, huge. It huge. is. Nikki Parsley blocker, all the girls. Like, Remember, they got robbed last year. They did. I think we can all agree yeah. that. They got robbed. They should have been in. They get, they got, you know, their committee, whatever they left them out. Right. Payback time yes. this year. They you, got it done. You feel
2: so happy for like Joe Bolton and the rest of the seniors,
0: because yeah. you know, like coming into this year,
2: they say we can't focus solely on that aspect of winning the big East, but that's what we want at the end of the day. That's all that matters to us this year. And the fact that they were able to do it you're you're really happy for that group of seniors to be able to get it done.
3: Jill Bolton is the Troy Bolton of field hockey right now. Who's Troy Bolton? What? What? Who's that? From high school musical? Oh, oh no, my Troy God, Troy Bolton, are I you don't, kidding me? I, don't know. Wow. I mean, the guy was an
4: le-
1: absolute legend. Know. We're gonna have to really Terrence look into some at more Terrence just looked at me guys. like
0: I insulted his family. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm sorry, Terrence. No. I don't know who it's that guy is. Troy Bolton of High School yeah, Musical.
1: Who invited this know, guy on the yeah, show? I, yeah. All right, we'll get I, to Richie McKay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to Richie McKay in just
3: a minute. When you said the man, the myth, the legend, I for a second thought you were telling that I was on the show. No, nope. Not after this. Joe started kind of just sitting up. I know. I was like, oh, thanks. Good to be
4: back.
1: Show. Well, you you and Rhett, because what's the other Sound of Music musical? I've never seen. Well, that's a classic.
4: Yeah, Troy yeah.
1: I'm not comparing them. Oh my But goodness. I'm just saying, I don't listen. No one I don't
0: compare Sound of Music with High School yeah, Musical. Yeah. That's Gosh, that's yeah. a little bit.
1: Different. I'm sorry, but if you're if I'm watching the hills a movie, are no longer alive. Uh,
0: they just die. <laughs> yeah. Oh
2: goodness!
1: If, <laughs> if I'm watching a movie and you start breaking out singing, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Why why is this happening? So you're the
2: one hmm. that sings all the time, though.
1: I'm I know okay so liberty will face st joe's they've uh taken on we're talking field hockey here
3: that wasn't too bad
1: what thank we're... you i know i'm I'm getting better That's i'm i'm practicing so. they've faced <laughs> st joe's three times The but the False. first time <laughs> <False>. <laughs> this thing is off the tracks so we're not even three minutes All in right. um first time since 2013 um it's an even even series liberty fell two three back in 2012 so I don't know where these teams, what this, what the St. Joe's team looks like, but do we have some early proje- projections? Like, are we going no. all, Uh-oh. is Liberty going all the way?
0: Listen, I think, I think you get that. we take taking one game at, a, game at a time right here. Yeah. Emily, that's a good right? You take, right. you take one game at a time. Getting that first win would be huge for the program. Yeah. First and foremost, getting into the tournament, picking up that first win would be a, a huge moment for the program. And then you take your shots at, at Rutgers, which I believe is the t- number one overall seed. So, um, just get yourself in yeah. that position. I will
2: say this. though: so I feel like the monkey is off the back a bit. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: you know, be, winning the Big East, UConn has been
2: such a nemesis. And ODU, for that example. They it, beat the Tar Heels. Been, they did beat the Tar Heels earlier this I mean, year. Come on. on yeah, the road. Yeah, so you're not going to get a tougher road right, environment yeah. than that. That
1: was like a 60-year
2: or yeah. some ridiculous 60-year. No, like no, not 60-year, but they had won like 60-some games at home in a row. Yeah, that was They awesome. never lost in that stadium before. That was a – well, it's not that new anymore, but still it's – They've never lost since it opened.
1: Yeah, that was huge. right? We'll have head coach Nikki Parsley Blocker on um in the next coming weeks. Okay, this Ole Miss-Liberty game. First of all, this has to be such a unique emotional experience for Coach Freeze because he's going back to Ole Miss. And I feel like whenever there's a player or coach that goes back to where they've coached or played before, it's always – I don't know, maybe a little nerve wracking because you having to say hi to everyone you saw, like coach, like hugging, I don't know, all these random oh, people, the
3: troopers that, yeah. down there and stuff. Yeah, like, the Troopers yeah. love them.
1: It's just how much do you think, though, that this impact impacted maybe the first quarter or first half jitters for coach freeze, if at all? No,
0: I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think you can kind of compartmentalize that stuff. I, honestly, it's been a trend no matter where they've been. Liberty's been shut out in the first quarter in their last five road games. Like, so it doesn't matter if you know somebody yeah. wherever they're playing or not, you know, like it, it they've just been slow starting yeah. offensively. And that's surprising. That's really surprising. Given what we know about, you know, Hugh Freeze offensively and having Malik Willis there. I and mean, we said yeah. this year, oh, they're going to figure out a way to find points. We knew that. Yeah. Well, they, they've scored, but they just haven't done it in the first quarter on the road. And that's tough because you're putting your a lot of pressure on your defense. Yeah. Like, hey, just keep keep us in this thing. Mm-hmm. Just hang on till we can get it going. And, and they've asked them to do that a lot on the road this year. And so that, I'm um, yeah, it, I don't think it's an Ole Miss-specific thing, but it is a, I don't know, troubling statistic. Thankfully, they don't have any more road games. So, yeah. But but that, that's that been odd. That's been really odd this year.
3: Well, I mean, it, and that's, one, that's a tough one to put your finger on, too. Like, why? Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, the quality of opponent. Okay, so some of the quality opponents that, that Liberty's played at home – haven't been that great, so you're going to have much more success. They played some tough road But then you start looking at teams like UL Monroe. You look at North North Texas. Texas, And, like, well, these aren't great quality opponents. So, like, trying to figure that, that's a tough one to figure out. And you're right because it does put you in a hole and it puts so much pressure on your defense early in the game. And that was as most obvious in this game.
1: Okay, so the big highlight going into this game was the quarterback battle between two of the top three QBs in this upcoming draft Matt Corral was 20 of 27 for 324 yards and Malik Willis was 16 of 25 for 173 yards so when you look at these two quarterbacks first let's focus on Malik you know being uh, here you know flame central podcast right. yeah. um <laughs> what would you grade Malik's performance on Saturday
3: um I would give him a c-minus Okay. Yeah, I'd say C minus because the interceptions, and then it's like you know what this is. That was the game that was sort of your moment, and and I'm not. It, and it is he's also he's also in a very tough situation because the O line woes are so obvious. Like it's so difficult. So you're you're asking him to do things when he's got a hundred different thoughts going through his mind, trying to you know execute a play. And if you're on the old Miss side of ball, it's like you're watching the tape. And you're thinking, okay, if we can rattle him and we can, their own line is bad. And if we can rattle him, then we can take away pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. And I think, and then Malik Willis has got going through his head, like I want to be able to sit in the pocket, stand back, go through my progressions, make my reads and make my throws and be who I am. And then when I get in a little bit of trouble, I want to be able to use my legs, get outside the pocket, keep my eyes downfield, make a play downfield, or run the ball make good things happen. But when you got him coming at you like that, all bets are off. And it, so it's 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 from in his defense, it's hard. But at the same time, he also did some things that were rough. That were rough. And it was his moment. And so I would I'm not gonna give him an F or a D, but I'd say a C, C minus.
2: I'd agree with Joe. I would I almost break it up in two different sections, though. Like first half Malik, I'd say C minus. Second mm-hmm. half Malik, I'd say C plus, B minus in that range because it's felt like and it looked like that he got his his groove back. It's almost like first quarter, he knew the pressure of the situation going against Corral. It's like all eyes are on him and maybe the nerves got to him a little bit. I'm not sure. Because again, you know, Matt Corral's in a situation like this, it feels like every other week where, you know, in the SEC yeah. he's playing against these tough teams and whatnot. But where Malik, this is really the first time playing college football because you have to remember last year was his first year starting that he's been a situation like this where it felt like all eyes were on him it was all focused on the quarterback matchup and there's a lot of pressure in that situation so i thought going into the second half he was much better you know he's using his legs more better reads i'm not sure if they made an adjustment on the o-line or not but still he might have had a little bit more time in the pocket so yeah i would say overall average for him C. I
0: think it's you know I've had a lot of people actually ask me like you know church and stuff like that you know, how much did this affect will this affect his NFL draft status or whatever and I don't know that you put too much into it because of the O line problems it's not you're not playing with you know an unequal footing right, right? comparing him and Corral like yeah. in a vacuum it, that's not how that the game works you know there's there's people around you that impact the way for you sure. play and the offensive line certainly did that I mean Liberty gave up nine sacks uh but I think the concern a little bit for me in watching is, Some of the things we've said since early in the year are still there. Malik Willis does not throw the ball away. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. unless it's backwards and over his head, apparently. Like, that's the only (laughs) way we've seen this year. Like, he just doesn't. And He's got some far blood in him. Right, and so, like, there still have to be times where you realize, even as athletic as you are, I can i I actually throw it away. You know what? We avoid the four or five-yard loss. And, and it's, you know, third and 10 instead of third and 14 or whatever. So, so those are the things you have to learn. The other thing is, and again, I think it's again, because he's so athletic, the ball doesn't come out of his hands nearly as quick at at times as it should. There were a couple of those sacks and and nine that the offensive line takes that they wear those. I mean, that's, that's on them, but there were a couple of those in the first half where it's like, listen, man, you had six seconds. Yeah. That's what I was. You got to get the ball out. Yeah. and, and, I'll yeah. say this too, because we've seen Jonathan Bennett a few times now this year, and the talent level is nowhere close. I Malik is a freak show, we know that, but it's also noticeable how quickly Jonathan Bennett gets the That's ball out of his hands, because he knows he can't run around and make mm-hmm. people miss forever. And so you see the difference, and you see that the the you know he gets it out on time. He's hitting receivers. Even in the one play he came in, he got it out and put it right on Demario Douglas yeah. on what you know was almost you know a great play down to the two yard line. So those are a couple of the areas, those, and the, the decision making, which kind of goes back to throwing the ball away. A couple of those interceptions, especially the last one, it's like you just can't do that. And so there are there is room to grow, but I think you can't put you can't just compare the two quarterbacks, you know, side by side in this game because of all the other factors mm-hmm. that go into it.
1: Yeah, and that'll be my true/false question in a minute. But with Bennett too, and I I know that Malik and him, when Bennett does get in the game, they're obviously playing the same team, but. They haven't played, Bennett hasn't really played an opponent as, as good as Ole Miss. And we can't always see, like it's easier when you look back at film, Sorry. right? Like maybe Malik's hold, I, I agree. He needs to get rid, rid of the ball or throw it away. Um, and he, and Ken Austin and Hugh Freeze have both said that he tries to do too much um, on those plays and he just needs to throw it away. But we can't always see um, when we're just watching the game instead of going back and looking at film, if those receivers are open, you know the Ole Miss secondary is going to be a lot better than the North right. Texas secondary. I would
0: say the easiest comparison you have is that North Texas game where both guys played meaningful snaps in the first half. Yep. Malik yeah. was sacked five times right out of the gate, and then Bennett came in and I don't know if Bennett was sacked. Now he's not as accurate. Probably he was his his completion percentage wasn't great. Yeah. You know, he, again, there's the ta- there's a talent difference, but all I'm saying is the ball does come out faster. In those situations and against a a good, you know, solid defense, eh, you know, SEC defense, let's yeah. say that, with what you already know is a shaky offensive line, like, that, the ball has to come out, you have to know, like, you're not going to be able to just stand back there for very long, it has to come out, or you need to tuck it and go a lot faster, you just know you're going to be harassed all game long, you just know it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is. You know, I always look at it this way too. It's like, okay, you take both quarterbacks, and when you get in a when you get in a situation when you're playing against a team that an SEC team that is overall talent wise deeper, yeah, better than you are. There's no doubt whatsoever. Is that you have to figure out like, okay, what are the ways in which we can win this game? Because we have a Liberty has a really good football team, right? Good enough football team. We, Herb Street picked Liberty to yeah. win. Okay, so they've got a really well coached good football team, but in order for you to beat a team that is much more deeper and more athletic than you are is you have to have all the help around you. Yeah. And, and that that thing you have to you have to have the receivers that make great plays for you. You have to have some type of run game that you get going. The O-line's got to get enough done. And if if you don't make those plays, you don't help your star, then you there's just no way you're going to win the game. It's just not it's just not going to happen. And so I think there was opportunities for the receivers to make plays, and they weren't able to make those plays.
1: Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. But quickly, it's unfair to compare these two quarterbacks, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, in this game because of the level of yeah, talent yeah. on each. You know, we're talking offensive line, receivers, the whole package. Think,
3: what if what if what if we would have switched it? Exactly. What, what if you would have switched it? What if Malik was playing for Ole Miss and Matt Corral was playing for for Liberty? How would that looked that going that way? So, I mean, I think that's a question that. You know, so we're all going true
1: there. Yeah, it's unfair it's to compare the yes. two. Okay, yeah. um, before we get to the main true/false, Malik Willis has dropped out of the first round. No, true or false? False.
0: No, false. Yeah, false. And uh, false. I and, just,
1: I'm not. This is not what I. I, I agree love how with, you quickly distance but yourself. I am, person. but I heard some rumblings of that. And nah, that's why I made know. that as The bottom line is it's all going
0: to come down to pro days and all that stuff, too. And the fact that you just look around the landscape of college football, who who's separating themselves?
1: Exactly. And that's what as, as
0: quarterback Rattler's position. – Rattler's gone down. Like, well, yeah, he's, <laughs> he he's, he's going to go up in white. college. Yeah. yeah, no, I know Like, like who's, who's out there? So, like, yeah. it's still going to be this same group of three or four guys. And as we know, history would tell us, year after year, people reach for quarterbacks oh, or yeah. people – even if it's not a deep quarterback draft, there's still going to be multiple quarterbacks that go in the first round. So, no, I don't I don't think you, he's falling. You
3: know it. what, Emily? I, that's funny you asked that question because when I was when I was walking around this morning, that's a question I thought of. I was like, hmm, I wonder if he's dropped to the second round. And that was just sort of something that was in my head saying – because i I've missed big and Malik Willis fans since day one. Yeah. Old Dominion, first start, back, whatever. I looked over, Matt, this guy's going to go in the first round. And – but I had that's the first time I've ever had that thought that he potentially could drop to the second. Here's round.
0: why I think he won't because you see those elite skills and just raw talent, and you get him in a pro day or whatever, and you see the ball come out of his hand, you see the velocity on it, you see the arm strength, all this stuff. Like people drool over that, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was playing at Wyoming, and there were the people that were like, I don't know, he hasn't played great competition. He struggled against when they would play up against somebody more difficult. He didn't have great games, yada, yada, yada. And then you see him throw the football, and people are like, yeah, we got to go
1: get him. Yeah, there is a ceiling factor there and a developing factor that the NFL scout or –
3: I think Matt said it. I think last week is when he said, "When you take a guy like Malik Willis, you're making the commitment to build your offense around him. So yeah. he's got to get to the right team. I think there's some teams that would pass on him, but he's got to get to the right team because if you do get to that team that will that is willing to build their offense around him, then yeah, he's a then yes for sure he's a first. And batter. let's
0: say he slides a little in the first round, Malik and his the people the wouldn't love to hear that, but that could be the best. Oh, absolutely. Thing. I agree. Yeah, you go to yeah. a better team. You know what I mean? So like yeah. in the end, it's one of those deals where it's like, Oh, everybody wants to go top five. Let's say he does. And I don't know that he will slide because of this or whatever. I don't think so, but that could end up being the best thing that yeah. could possibly yeah. happen. percent. Yeah, if yeah. he could
2: go 15 through 20, like this is best case scenario in my mind, that's what would happen. But, 15 through 25 has to sit behind somebody for a exactly, year exactly. and I just kind of learn the ropes. And again, he's a young, he's a young quarterback, like just learning. Okay. You got to throw it away. You know, the stuff we were talking about and they could come out a year wiser sitting behind, you know, somebody like a Fitzpatrick with a big beard. That's just going to say, sit down here. yeah." Kid. Or Matt Ryan, I mean, the different way. type yeah. of quarterback, yeah. like that but would a veteran be huge, or, you know, that's a great point, Matt Ryan. Cause he's not running out of the pocket. No. Like that's going to help you a ton saying, Hey, this is some reads you need to make this is some areas you can get better in your pocket play.
3: I keep hearing people talking about the Steelers. I think the Steelers would be a perfect fit yeah. for him. Yeah, Benny. That, yeah, I think that'd be a you think great big fit. Big
2: Ben's got another year, though. I do not. Yeah. No. No, you <laughs> think
3: he's He it? has
1: now made one adjustment in his diet. I think he's. uh yeah. <laughs> want... like, He's like, well, I haven't done anything different. Well, that's a problem <laughs> because Tom Brady has. Um, okay, so this is the focal point of this game. Possibly true, false. The DJ Stubbs drop was the biggest play of the second half in terms of where the game shifted in terms of a comeback.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. I, I think so. I mean, you, you set it up, 11.45 or so to go in the game, fourth, you know, fourth quarter, still 27-14. Liberty third and four on the old Miss 42. Little slant. Malik puts it right on him. And easy first down. And then you're you're walking like you're 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 inside the forty. Yep. You're driving. You still have plenty of time yeah. where you're going to have multiple possessions still in the game, and he he couldn't hang on to it. And then you use the timeout, and then you don't get it on fourth down. And and that yeah, I mean would they've still had a chance if they're able to you know when Bennett came in and threw it to Mario Douglas and all yes, but at that point you're much later in the ball game. Your room for error is much smaller, even if you score there. Uh, so yeah, I, I that was that for me in the second half was kind of the play that. Man, you could have made it really, really interesting.
1: He knew it too. Stubbs knew it. Oh,
0: sure. I mean, that's one, and he's been so good throughout his career. Yeah, uh, that's one I'm sure that we'll, he'll think about for a long time. We all have those plays, you know, we play that you that you can't shake and you always think about. That's probably one that he'll think about for a long time.
3: DJ Stubbs is my favorite Liberty player, so I'm refusing to answer the question. Yeah,
0: yeah, I concur with Matt.
3: <laughs>
4: I Are love you DJ Stubbs.
1: Are you serious, Joe? You're not gonna
0: answer. Yeah, I don't love DJ Stubbs any less. He's, no, been, a, I know. he's been great his entire year. I played but, receiver. But I
3: played receiver. I know what it's like to go to bed at night after you dropped a ball, uh, and it sucks. And you you replay it over in your head so many times. What's your worst drop? Oh, jeez. No, we didn't don't, have I don't have time for no, that.
2: I
1: never dropped it. We don't have time. I'll say one thing about we you. When, mo- we, got a, we don't have time yeah. for all your when drops. You're a slow,
3: when you're a slow white receiver, you, don't have, you, you better be able to catch the ball. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm going to say.
1: Wait, tell us, though. You don't have like, one that you still think about today?
3: Um, so many concussions. He yeah, does I've really had a lot of concussions. <laughs> Now in college, in college, I, don't, I didn't really have a lot. I didn't catch a lot of balls, but I didn't have a lot. Of, I don't think I can remember any big drops, but I'm sure I've had it. I gotta a few think though, ones.
2: in Edmonton, like freezing cold, does that ball just get like as Oh, it's
3: it's it's awful, it's awful. I d- oh, I'll tell you what the biggest drop was. Yeah, I okay. know it was Donald Smith who played at Liberty. Donald Smith at Liberty University. Um, when we were, he played for Winnipeg, and it was actually a friend of mine, and we were playing them in the Eastern Conference. Fi- uh, finals and they threw me a scene right down the middle and donald came over and as i got i had it in my hands catch we would have been down like the five yard line he absolutely rocked me okay this is a pretty funny story well the week before i caught the winning touchdown pass in the first against ottawa in the first round yeah. of the playoffs and i had this touchdown dance called the yaka motion right yeah oh yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. and my saying was what are you going to do when the Yaka Motion runs wild on you, yeah, <laughs> right? And <laughs> oh. so I did the Yaka Motion, which became the TSN, which is like ESPN. It was the TSN number one highlight of the night, okay. right? So I'm, I'm really feeling myself. Yeah. And so the next week we go to play Winnipeg in Winnipeg in the Eastern Finals, and they throw a seam right down the middle to me. But when I got this, I'm like, I'm going to score. And Donald Smith, who once again played Liberty, comes off the hash and drills me. The ball goes flying up in the air, and I'm laying on the ground. And you know what Donald Smith did? He did the Yak-A-Motion over top of it. <laughs> he did the Yak-A-Motion right over that top of it. And the best part about it is Donald Smith and I were were good friends even then. And and Donald's a great dude. Still talk to him to this day. He uh, is a pastor in Danville. Yeah. Can then, we
1: see uh, it real quick?
3: Yeah. No, no, no. Every, you know. First of all, I don't do a request. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: you are so lame. Um
3: and yeah, so the Yakimotion. Everybody asked for the yoke, yeah. Me to do the Yeah. Yeah. 'Cause it all started in college because cause Fritz Hessenthaler, uh, one of our offensive linemen put on the song Come on, baby, do the locomotion. Yeah, yeah. And they changed it to Come on, baby, do the motion. And then I started doing the dance and it was a hit. Yeah. It's amazing awesome.
1: how how with, much your last name rhymes with things that I would have never yeah. thought. Yeah. Yacht yeah, talk, yak motion. Yeah. I'm All still right. learning. So I know it's easy.
0: I'll <laughs> oh, get off the It's yeah, easy for us to quickly point out the things that, like, ah, oh, if Liberty had done this, if Liberty had done this, and kind of focus on the negative. Like, I want to say though, real quick, like, the positives in this game. You were down and out of it at yeah. halftime. Oh, yeah. unbelievable! Like, like at halftime, I'm thinking this is the absolute worst case scenario yes. for everyone involved. For just Liberty as a program, you're down 24 nothing. For Hugh Freeze, going back into that building, and you're down 24-0, like, oh, my gosh, are we going to get run out of the building? For Malik Willis and and the whole quarterback duel and matchup and all that stuff, he looked terrible. Like, you could not have been in a worse situation. But the second half, you saw the fight from them. You saw the defense hold Ole Miss to just three Three points. points. Yeah. You saw the run game get going. Liberty finished with 284 rushing yards. You saw Josh Mack. Somebody found Josh Mack. He played well. And Shedrill Lewis goes over 101 yards. So there are some real positives that come out of this. And one other thing for me, when when you play a team the caliber of an SEC opponent, like one thing I always try to do when I'm watching the game is like, because yes, you're going to be outclassed across the board talent-wise. They're going to be deeper, you know, all these four or five stars, whatever. I look for who's a guy that looks like he belongs on the field with an SEC team. And there were two guys that that stood out to me. Give him to us. Shedrill Lewis. Yeah. Like was, yeah. make him RB1. I was it's like, funny you said that
2: because I came in thinking the same thing. I today. would be
0: curious to know if there is a little bit of a concern. Like, again, he's not a big guy. Maybe you're like, yeah, hey, I don't know if he can take the wear and tear of like just taking the full load. But that dude, even against an SEC defense, his speed yes. was
3: noticeable. Like I don't get he it. He is great. I don't get it. I've been saying this. I, I don't understand he why they're. 101 they don't... yards. Yeah. And you know what? He's played Syracuse, On the big seven game. Mares. The big game last year is against yeah. Syracuse. Shedra Lewis was the guy who yeah. showed out. This game, Shedra Lewis is the guy who showed out. Like, he runs the ball well. And for as small as he is, he runs the ball well in between the tackles. He has good hands out of the backfield. Yeah. I'm surprised. I've been very surprised that he has not become more involved. Overall in the offense, and maybe it is they're afraid of the wear and tear on him, but I would use that kid in a hundred different ways. Well, and
0: you'll you will next year. I mean, you think yeah. you have to because then it's he and TJ Green, and like those are the two guys, and, and you'll see them. And again, we didn't see much of TJ in this game, but then the other guy on the defensive side that didn't put up huge stats in this game, but I think is going to be a flat out stud is the true freshman linebacker, Ahmad Walker. Mm-hmm. That guy, yeah, I think by next year, that at was some your point, second guy yeah, that at you're some saying point bonk? next year, he may be the best player on this defense, like physically he looked like he belonged and yeah. he, and he's a bad dude to come in as a true freshman in this defense with so many veterans around you and, and to be on the field as much as he is like, he is going to be really, really good. nice.
1: We'll get to the Richie McKay interview in just a moment, but do you guys have anyone off the top of your head that looks like they belong on the field? I was actually, the SEC? I was
2: going to make the same point as Matt. I was going to say my tune has changed. We've all talked about that. Shedro should only be a change of pace back and he doesn't have the physicality to be the number one dude. But I think after his showing against Syracuse, and now, like I said, Ole Miss, he has every right to be like, I should be the guy getting the first touch of the rock. Like, there's no doubt in my mind.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, with, I'm on the Shedder Lewis bandwagon big time, 100%. That 101%? The, 101%. Because he get, had
1: 101 yards. Yeah, and you just, get it? Huge. it? <laughs> all right, well, you're right, Matt. A lot of positives to bring from that game. Um, you know, we think we know it all, so we just go after all the negatives first. The last,
0: yeah. the last positive is you get a bye now. You get yes. an off week. Yeah. Like, hey, 10 weeks in a row, right. and now you get a week I mean, to you recover. think about
3: this. Think about this, that you're down 24-0 at halftime. It speaks for the coaching staff. It speaks for the kids. It speaks for the program general. You're 24-0 at halftime, yeah. and you are you have to understand how football players are. Right? It, when you're mentally weak, you say, man, I've been getting beat up for X amount. We're down 24-0 at halftime. Let's just get to the bye week and, and regroup here. But, no, they came back in yeah. that second half, and they battled like crazy. And that tells – you a lot about the about the character the overall character of the program
1: like you said bye week this week I was I was really hoping that it would have been a bye week then Ole Miss but they don't let me yeah they don't let let me do the schedule it's so ridiculous but um after the bye week we have Louisiana or Louisville no Louisiana Louisiana Louisiana. Lafayette it's weird they don't let me do the schedule (laughs) um Louisiana and then Army. Army. It's so, probably, it
0: doesn't get easier. Yeah. I mean, those are two, those two are really two tough, teams, tough teams. But you come out of the bye. They're both at home. Uh, I, I mean, I'm excited to see how this this finishes out because yeah, you have an opportunity too. to really, really show yourself well against two quality opponents in the last two games.
1: All right. Well, basketball season is here. It's here. November 11th, Thursday. Wow. This, Thursday. Thursday
0: this
3: Thursday
1: is the first home game. Regents. Liberty Arena. Yeah, it, I regent mean, it's, Royals. Regent Royals. Regent Royals. Yeah, yeah. They, you're going to be on the edge of your seat wow. for that one. Emily, um,
3: gotta, are they any I gotta good, stick,
2: I got to stick up for my girls. Actually, the first basketball game is tomorrow. Oh,
3: that's so nice. right. Oh, the women's. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what, Rhett? You are saying. always complimentary of the ladies, and we appreciate that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that after we get to head coach Richie McKay. I think one of our most visited guests is now in the building... Head coach, Richie McKay of men's basketball. What is funny about the beginning of, you know, us getting together here today is Rhett just storms in, which usually yeah. it's me running late yeah. and, and just like things. She falling. has no mercy. Right? Coach, yeah. I'm
2: sorry. No, no, you're, 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 you're on thin ice. I'm just going to put that right now. Cause I'm taking some lumps here. Yeah. I'm going to start feeding it back on air soon.
1: That's okay. All right. That's okay. But right. Rhett comes in hot. <laughs> oh my gosh. I got it. Ding. A message alert. <laughs> Podcast with Richie McKay. This is something that I stayed up, I think, until like midnight, trying to for formulate for it, really. yeah. questions. Just like it was like Christmas morning. We're having Richie on the podcast oh, wow. again yeah. tomorrow. So yeah. welcome.
4: Thank you. Rhett has a built-in excuse.
1: He has nine kids. Eight. Eight
4: eight. 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 Yeah. eight. Yeah. eight is enough. Eight. Oh, but he's got eight yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a built-in excuse. So I your am a single mom. Um uh, a dog mom? Dog, dog mom. mom. Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. We have to try to tell her it's
0: a little bit different. It but is yeah. a little bit
4: different. She, <laughs> she doesn't know. No, yet. she
0: doesn't. Okay. Know.
4: But and, it is a yeah. privilege to be back with you guys. I'm very excited yeah. for our time together.
1: It's always like basketball season just creeps up. And I don't know if it's football and all that hype going on, but we are excited about the season. I just want to personally tell you that despite some others in the office. What does that but, mean? Well, they're just all football and, you know, hockey and stuff. They're yeah. just like, oh, man, basketball is already starting next yeah. week. I'm actually excited. Um, yeah,
4: thank you, M. I'm just
1: trying to build up, you know, before I get those interview questions in yeah. this okay. year, I know that, you know, you and Matt are buddy buddies. You guys are going to Puerto Rico together. But my question to you first, Coach, what do you do in the offseason? What does an offseason look like for you?
4: Did my wife ask you to ask this question? <laughs> yeah, you know when you when you love something that you do, you have a chance to be successful at it. And I love basketball, so my off season is usually watching a little bit of film. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> I play a little bit of tennis and uh, really just trying to enjoy my family. Basketball is year round though now. Yeah, you know we get access to our players, greater access to our players, so investing and building into those relationships i love the staff that god's granted me the privilege to work with so i think we you know we just we just do life together and that you know i'll go visit some other coaches uh, often and just kind of chop it up see trying to stay on the the cutting edge of of what's happening in our game but uh, you know i really just try and enjoy the 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 day that god grants to us
0: this time of year like right on the edge of starting the season is it the same feeling for you every year? Is it depend on, on the team that you have? Like, is there like in my mind, I, I, I picture it as like, either you're like at this point going, Oh man, I hope we're ready for this. Or you're like, man, I'm so sick of practicing against ourselves. I I just want to go against somebody else. Like you tell me what's, what's the feeling like for you this close to the start of a season? It's every
4: year. Exactly what you alluded to. I'm like, uh, are we any good <laughs> and uh, how are we going to defend until you play someone else? You really don't get a true picture of what your team isn't. Yeah. Like I kind of think I know what we are, but I'm not sure what we lack yet. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of scrimmages, Virginia tech, UNC Greensboro, both winning programs, really well coached. And there were times when we looked pretty good. Like we looked like Rhett playing hockey. Yeah. Right. Smooth. but then there was yeah. there were times when uh not so much yeah we looked a little bit more like
1: matt warner playing matt. pickleball
4: oh oh wow <laughs> shots I mean, fire <laughs> yeah
0: people are always like why do you give emily such a hard time like you know <laughs> <laughs> no
1: i have to yeah. you know Duh. get back at him sometimes. yeah
4: absolutely
2: when you look at your team coming into this year, and, you know, last year, even myself were saying, Okay, I don't know if the basketball team's gonna be able to three this season. They've got such a young roster coming in, and you know, there's some, I would say, reasonable doubts because the rest of the A Sun, you know, you, you had looks at Lipscomb saying, Okay, they have a team coming back that should be pretty good. They should be able to compete for top spot. But when you look at your group again this year, would you say, Okay, this this team has the makings of being a, a young group that has the ability to once again get the A Sun crown?
4: yeah Rhett, uh really fair uh, i mean when you lose Scotty James Miles Baxter Bell Caleb Holmesley, Georgie Pacheco Ortiz you can imagine the anxiousness that yeah. uh that we had as a staff and man the guys just and it, again it was a covid year so uh I, I i think that was that was hard enough to navigate that terrain so i was really proud of our group for being able to sustain kind of what had been built on if not furthered a little bit Yet this group, as we were saying off air, eight of our 13 scholarship guys, 10 of our 15 players are freshmen or sophomores. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of youth. They they don't know what all has gone into cutting those nets or putting those years on the banner. And I I just think we're going to have to be patient with our group. We're going to have to have a growth mindset. And I heard a great quote the other day, hope isn't found in outcomes. It's found in an outlook. And I think our outlook needs to be a true investment in just trying to get better and see if we can't get our group ready to go in, in February and March to to make another run at it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, as young as they are, the schedule's not going to do them any favors. I mean, yeah. is it this is <laughs> you tell me. I mean, you go like LSU second game, you got Iona, which is, you know, a really good program, that game home against Mizzou, which will be great. CMF yeah. Austin, I mean, Northern Iowa, shout out Ali Farouk Manesh, Panther legend. But like, <laughs> Do you feel like – is this the one of the toughest or maybe the toughest schedules since you've been back? And, I mean, these young guys, they're going to learn a lot, and you're going to find out probably a lot about them, even like their mental toughness and what yeah. that looks like going through a on conference schedule like yeah, this.
4: no doubt. We're, we're in graduate-level courses. When we first got here, it was so easy to schedule. I, I mean, yeah. like I pick up the phone, and the popularity we had was, <laughs> yeah, we'll play. Yeah, How much do you need? Yeah. And uh, the converse is is now – uh, it's upon us, and we're really just trying to get not just any game, but any quality game against a quality opponent, yeah. and hence all the neutral games. It's a privilege to be invited to the Diamond Head Classic, to the, the one-offs against Stephen F. Austin at Dickey's Arena. We're in a quadruple header at the Hornets Arena. Yeah. Uh, and then the tournament in Orlando with Iona Manhattan. Like I, I think that's great for our guys. And uh, but it's really going to challenge them, it's not going to just challenge them physically. But I, I think what you'll see now in college basketball is the residue of the NCAA granting the COVID years. Chris and Elijah didn't take advantage of that, and yeah. we chose not to go the transfer portal route. So now we're playing against everyone that's so much older, and that, that's that's going to be a challenge. Now, I love our group, we have some terrific young people who really care about the process and being a part of something bigger than themselves. But mm, we're going to have to be mentally and physically tough in order to compete with this non-conference schedule.
1: How does that test you as a coach? What challenge have you been faced with this year? Is it your patience or or where is that test for you?
4: Yeah, it's still, the test hasn't really arrived. We're just taking quizzes right now, Mm -hmm. you know, to not... Be frustrated with what you see on the screen and then to find the positive like it's, it's really hard to be negative you know especially and i know you guys know this with all the interviews you do that mental health thing for our guys and for us as adults is real hmm. so if, if we don't have if we don't drive in that lane of of a deep sense of gratitude it is easy to see the glass is half empty and i i think the biggest challenge for me is to make sure I see our guys for what they can be and for who they are, not for what they're not right now because they're going to get better.
0: You have had really good point guard play for the last five years. You know, the run with Georgie basically from day one, and then you got Chris stepping in there last year. I think that's been a question uh, I've heard a lot from people, like who's going to be that guy this year? Is there that guy or is it going to be kind of a group effort as far as you know, running the show for this. Team. Yeah,
4: yeah, that's a that's a great analysis. Not surprising with you and how much investment you Na- have. Naz
0: and... told me to ask. Yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> oh
4: yeah. I, I think I think the incumbent would be Drake Dobbs, uh, but Darius McGee is pretty proficient at creating a shot for himself or his teammate. We're a little unconventional though offensively. We don't we don't necessarily need a point guard. We just took advantage of Chris's strengths and. I think we'll try and do the same thing this year. Kyle road is a really good table setter. Mm. Um, Brody Peebles has got a he's got a chance to play right away. So I don't know the answer to that question yet. We'll see once the lights come on and we get in an our arena and the the popcorn's popping and the fans are cheering because some of those dynamics are are they they make a difference in a player's productivity. Some guys aren't ready for that, and yeah. some of them thrive in it. So we'll see.
2: Tell me what you see when you look at Kyle road, because let's say I'm a casual fan and and I'm just looking at the box score and I'm saying, okay, Kyle had 10 points, seven rebounds, you know, a couple of assists that doesn't speak to what we've heard. Kyle road is like when you see him on the court, as you, as his coach, you see him day in and day out. What does Kyle road mean to the program? And what is his like sixth sense on the floor?
4: He's really as good of a leader as I've ever been around. I mean, he's only a, He's a COVID sophomore. So you can't look at the stat sheet or the box score, Rhett, and attach a value uh, or uh, an all-conference selection or a postseason award or accolade to Kyle Road. You, you just you can't. In the locker room, away from the court, um, the words he says in practice, Coach Bennett came to one of our practices, and he said about Kyle Road he's different and he really is he's a special young man that way and uh, loved by his teammates and uh, obviously by his coaches i just think his impact on our program and on our campus is grand and we're we're blessed to have him in our program coach
0: who's
1: the most interesting guy on this team like we're talking character personality
4: um is this like that the most interesting man in the world kind of question yes Hmm, that's a that's a good one, M. Now did you think of that at midnight last mm-hmm. night when you were as you were preparing for that? <laughs> and no, you actually can't, am I driving. And you, you can't driving? say your son. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, that might be the easy that yeah, might be yeah, the easy right. answer. Yeah, that,
4: that would be. And uh he would want me to say that just in case any, <laughs> yeah, any co eds yeah. are listening to the yeah. podcast. Um Shiloh Robinson. Oh gosh. Yeah. He, <laughs> he is he is different. Like yes. now, to me, Shiloh has said if we went from back when I First called Shiloh to the day of this taping, Shiloh Robinson has uttered 211 words to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's over the course of a good three years. Yeah. I got two of them in one of my interviews. (laughs) Yeah. But to his teammates, he is hilarious. And like they say, oh, no, no, Shiloh is like, and I just, I haven't got that yet. As a matter of fact, we implemented a rule with Shiloh. Shiloh has to call me once a month. Otherwise, I run him. Really? <laughs> because otherwise, I'd never see him unless I talk. Oh. He would not initiate a conversation with him. He wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't. Now, it's starting to get better. He's like let his guard down, and I love him to death. He is. You want to talk about a heart of gold? That gets fabulous and single. Like so, this would be. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, all your guys are getting married
4: yeah. and engaged. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. There's There's very, out there. Very few of them that are single, and anyone interested <laughs> oh should should grab him quickly. So
0: I'm glad you mentioned that. You have cause two guys that got married in the offseason, right? Two married right? guys. Kyle Rowe, Blake Preston. Do you yeah. have to like, like when you're scheduling practice now, do you have to like check with their wives and be like, hey, do you mind if Kyle comes to practice <laughs> at this time? Like, how oh does that, God. how does that work? <laughs> um,
4: we haven't gone that far yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, both Amelia and Jess, great gals. And uh, we feel like they're part of the family. And this is not uncommon to intercollegiate athletics.
0: Not at BYU.
4: Especially not at BYU. Right. So uh, I love those guys for the decision that they made. They yeah. God had that on their heart. They obeyed it, and we're going to support it. Now, um, I'm not saying we need a team full of married guys. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh!
4: But uh, those two have uh, they've done a great job of, of that uh, relationship, uh, basketball commitment, life balance. Yeah.
1: So how long do the conversations when Shiloh calls you? Is it like 34 seconds or? Hey, coach.
4: If it if it eclipses a minute, we've done something right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is he a guy when you when you talk about guys coming back that maybe are ready to take take a leap this year? No doubt. Is he is he at the top of that
4: list? No doubt. He's uh, he's another unlike Kyle Road where his value is equated in so many different uh, arenas uh, inside of our our uh, our family's house. Uh, Shiloh is he is a elite defender. He's got a chance to score at all three levels. And I, I really think as his confident grow his confidence grows, man, he is a he is a guy that will make money playing basketball. So mm. his impact is on the court is is real. And now he's so conscientious, like when he when he's when he makes a mistake, he feels like he's letting his teammates down. He's got to continue to grow in that area. And I've seen great growth. But I'm really excited about this being a potential breakout campaign. Yeah. Form.
2: When you walk into Liberty arena every day and you're, you're looking at the stands and fans have not had a chance to pack this place out yet. You see like a Liberty hockey game, the blackout game is that it's packed. There's like 3,500 people in there. How, what's the anticipation level from your guys for night one? Like knowing that you're going to have a full arena, just yeah. going nuts.
4: Yeah. Red, right I get really excited about it. I kind of, I don't know when grand Canyon Cal Baptist, they're smaller schools that have this, really strong student fan base. And I don't know, you'd have to ask Steven Gonzalez what our home court streak is, but it's I think top two or three in the country. And and that's been that's been without that home court mm, yeah, advantage. Right. Especially to do it during a pandemic when we can only have 250 capacity. So I can't wait to see the influence that uh, Liberty Nation has on the outcome. Cause I think it'll I think it'll be significant. Especially in that four thousand seat arena, I've been to Cameron Indoor. Like we we've coached at some unbelievable historic college basketball venues. I really hope we can make ours one of the toughest places in America to play. Because I I think it would mean it would be huge to our group to feel the support of the the people they are on campus with. Like because we always say it's it's not about us. We we as a, as a Liberty family, we are Liberty. So to have them partner with us in trying to build this thing and make it nationally relevant would be special to all of us.
0: I know you start Thursday, but I think I would hope everybody has that December 2nd game <laughs> circle to yeah. make that place just a madhouse uh, for that game against Mizzou. That could be a special environment. I was thinking today, and you mentioned earlier, you'd like to kind of bounce around and visit with some other coaches during the offseason. You may have listened to some of the the, the Flying Coach podcast. I know during the podcast, it was like Steve Kerr, Pete, your boy Pete Carroll, kind of like hosted a podcast together. Who, even outside of basketball, is another coach that maybe you know, maybe you haven't gotten to know, but would like to, would you like to just like, hey, I would love to just spend some time hanging out with him or, or hosting a podcast, like picking his brain on how he approaches coaching and leading a team?
4: Brad Stevens.
0: Really? Yeah. You haven't had a chance to be around him? I have. Okay, you yeah. just want to do it eat more.
4: Uh, just a <laughs> uh, just just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was captivated. Uh, Kyle Getter and I uh, went up to Boston when he was a head coach of the Celtics when they started training camp, and uh, I mean he's phenomenal. He, he just he's got such a a great grasp of the game and of people, and the combination of the way he knits those two together in his vernacular. Uh, his outlook, his patience—I really admire. It. I think he's, I think he's fabulous. And and obviously, like having been around Coach Bennett and uh, and his dad, Dick Bennett. Man, I've had some unbelievable influencers. But uh, I'd kind of like to chop it up with Coach Stevens, and uh, I'd love him to come to practice, kind of evaluate our team, see the the atmosphere that is in our arena, or our gymnasium when we're practicing, and uh, and get his thoughts or insights on it. It was really valuable. Uh, Tony Bennett came to our practice. That was the first college practice that he has been to since he's been a head coach. Wow. So, And I didn't even know he was coming. So uh, it was it was really neat to get his feedback. And uh, obviously I value his opinion. So I don't think we get a chance to do enough of that as coaches. Last year during the pandemic, Roy Williams, he went and visited a couple of uh, practices. And I thought, man, I, if if you could do that in season – That'd be amazing because you get a difference when you see it from a, a, different lens. You get a, you get a little different take on reality.
1: Have you done that for other coaches?
4: Uh, not in season, but uh, out of season, yes. Mm.
1: How much have your practices changed through the years of you coaching, or do they pretty much look the same?
4: No, I think they're different. I I, I think oh, I heard a I can't remember who said it on a podcast, but I think it's it's really relevant for us who coach. Uh, today. I I think uh, Inky Johnson, who spoke to our team as well as Coach Freeze's team, he said, you know, the king of the jungle isn't the strongest. The one that has the ability to survive is the one who can adapt the the best to change. And I think it's true in intercollegiate athletics. I think with a transfer portal, with NIL, with the growing uh, importance of social media, you have to have the ability to understand your student athletes and serve them. And look, they they don't learn the way, well, you guys are a lot younger than me, but the way we did, they learn via their visual learners. You gotta, they they wanna repeat what they've seen in order to to practice it. And and you've got such a small window to to garner their attention. So I think I think just having that ability to adapt to our audience is imperative. And so I'm constantly trying to listen to a podcast, talk to other coaches who I think are at the forefront of, you know, knowing who they're, they're coaching. Cause we get the privilege of, of shepherding these young men, that, that stewardship, I want to, I want to do well. And I don't, so yes, practices have changed because if they don't, I I think I'm, I'm missing the mark.
0: Mm, I would, I feel like I have to ask you this and at the time of our taping this, nothing's officially official, but obviously there's been a lot of smoke and talk about the realignment and what that means for Liberty. How tied in are you to those kind of conversations? How do you handle that within your program? I I would imagine your players are hearing the same stuff. You know, everybody else is how do you try to kind of take in that information, what you need, but also not let that distract you from what you're doing.
4: Yeah. Two thoughts on that, Matt. Number one, We don't give Ian McCaw and his staff enough credit mm. for what they've done to get us to the point at where we are at this taping. Like that, that's a 247 365 pursuit that and unlike a game and unlike a season, you know, whatever our record is at the end, you can evaluate success or failure, or how well we do in the postseason. like their journey, Ian and his staff, like it's been years worth of effort. So even when the, it comes to fruition, uh, then I, I think they should be applauded for their labor. I, I've been, uh, to his credit, uh, he's, he's asked me my opinion, how it affects us, my thoughts. So I, I'm grateful for that relationship and uh, thankful that he even wants my opinion because some athletic directors wouldn't. Uh, in terms of what we say to our guys, very little. Like, we, to them... We have a goal inside of our program to be our very best. And if that very best is to compete uh, for the top of our league every year um, or to, to not only make postseason but to win in postseason, uh, I, I don't think it matters what conference you're in to do that. Um, I, I think we have a group that is fully engaged in being a part of championships last
0: last thing for me, I was asked kind of tacking onto that because this something like that would, I would imagine be something recruits are talking about and fa- and families you're talking to. But in talking about recruiting, are you seeing now? I know you can't talk about anybody specifically. Are you seeing now the level of recruiting, the types of kids you're having conversations with at a different level than it was three or four years ago? Whenever you know you make your first tournament, people yeah. start to say, oh, just wait, just wait to see how this benefits in recruiting. Oh, you get a new arena. Just wait to see, are you seeing some of those benefits now with your program?
4: Without question. And again, you got to throw in the curveball. We had a global pandemic. Yeah. We yeah. couldn't evaluate players in person. I don't care what anyone says. It's different when you're watching it on a computer screen and when you see them in person. On the computer screen, I can't see them go to the bench. I can't hear their parents saying whatever they're saying, and <laughs> yeah, I don't true. watch. I don't. I can't see them after the game when they walk out if they've got a posse or not. So there's there's a certain yeah. level of of eval that you miss when you when you did it for a year the way we had to do it. Yeah. But no question, there's more interest. There's a greater level of notoriety that our brand has in high school athletes and and junior college or transfers.
1: Coach, just curious, how much do you look into a recruit's social media? <laughs> I'm serious. A lot. Really? Our, our staff does a lot. So you have a burner account because I've been trying to tag <laughs> you in social media stuff. And, you know, you were talking about like the practices and they, yeah. they want to mimic and practice something. Like a TikTok dance. I, I know you do those a lot.
4: A TikTok dance? Yeah. I do? Yeah. Where, do you, where have you ever this seen This burner
1: me? account. I'm just kidding.
4: Emily. I cannot dance. I'm like you can't. I'm like, no, I'm like. Do you ever see Hitch? Yeah. I'm like. I keep it right here. You're yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no pizza. Yeah, There's yeah. food already there. Well, we don't yeah, need right? no, no Q-tips. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> oh yeah. my God.
1: So, Coach, you're huh. you're looking into a recruit social media quite. Our a bit. staff is
4: very very aware. That's interesting. Of what our young men that we're recruiting. It's important. Like again. You would do it when you're hiring someone, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I've had umpteen conversations with NBA people about the way they vet prospects. Uh, We don't do it at the same level, but certainly imperative to our process.
2: Do you feel like you've gotten, I'm not saying pickier, but obviously you have a certain standard of the quality of human being that you want coming into your program that doesn't disrupt the chemistry. Does it get harder as the recruits get a higher
4: rating? Uh, I don't know if it gets harder. We, we, Try and just make sure we recruit the fit, Rhett. Mm. Uh, re- re- that's that template's not going to change for us. I think we've, like Matt alluded to, we've had a, we've had greater access to maybe a higher level of player, but I think that's where you get seduced. You have a little success, you get a higher level player, athlete, and you kind of you, you devalue or dilute the the intangibles, mm. the the fit the conscientiousness of a young man and his appreciation to be at a place like this. And the moment that happens, I think you're in trouble. So we really try and vet them hard. And I think it's, it's been okay for us so far. So we'll kind of see if we can't continue to grow it that way.
1: All right, Coach. We're going to let you go in just a minute. I heard Rhett's phone ding, and it looks like he has something else on okay. his schedule. Yeah. So oh, it's on
4: sleep mode. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting
2: just pillaged here. He's today. got eight kids. Yeah.
1: Message to Flames Nation: um, There is very high expectations for this basketball team um, because of your recent or you know success
0: the last three years. What would your message to them be?
4: Thank you for supporting us. But you know, why don't you let him? Okay.
0: Y- What's your message? Now let me tell you what your message should be. Is that what we're getting here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, I, I I love our fan base. Like, and I think with Coach Freeze, uh, uh, Nikki Dot, like yeah. we, I, I'd be, I could name them all. Like, we've got unbelievable coaches here who are winning championships. So we've gotten a little spoiled, and that's the expectation. It's really hard to win a championship, and. Uh, I'd say just stay with us because we have a fabulous group representing us. And you, your support, not only in seats in the stands or the way you give or the way you pray for us, that is so critical to our experience. And very thankful for Flames Nation and uh, grow with us or rise with us, mm. would be unless you want me to have a different message. Did no, you that coin sounds that great.
0: By, did you coin that?
4: Uh, no. The bro- okay. No, All right. no, it was pretty good, though, wasn't that was good. It? Yeah, you, That was good. Yeah, thank you, Matt. That's Matt. That's why you uh, have... That's why I go to Puerto Unlimited
1: access. Unlimited access. Yeah, Unlimited <laughs> access. yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and well, he's
4: here on time. Yeah, well, that
1: too. I am always late. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Maybe you can come on in a couple weeks, maybe uh, like Thursday, December 2nd, that morning, your schedule I, I'd probably... i glad, glad to. Yeah, uh, glad to. Yes, not, right. not much going on nope. that day. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. You always have some great insight. We can't wait to see these guys on the court this season.
4: Thank you, guys. Thanks for all you do for... Fl- this podcast is really popular. Really? Yeah, it is. Have you I've not? I've
1: never listened to it.
4: <laughs> yes, I, I believe
1: that. <laughs> yes. I believe that. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Is guys. that why you are filming yourself with yeah. your phone? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just checking to make sure that <laughs> everything's all there. All right, you guys
4: are true pros. Appreciate all you do. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach.
1: Always good to have Coach right. McKay. I mean, we've been calling and call. Actually, he's been calling and trying to get on the podcast. We right. finally right. let... <laughs> we had to... You know, we didn't want... Joey Yock to yeah. get upset and right. take the chair. So we he have said, to coach
0: when Joe says he's done,
3: we'll have you on. Thank but you. He yeah. hasn't said Thank you.
1: But really excited about this team, even though it's a young team, it should be exciting to see how they grow and um, try to get that fourth straight a sun championship. They're going to be
0: tested. They I are. mean, they're going to be tested. We talk about the opener Thursday. They turn around and play LSU right after that. So Woo! get ready. And I'm-
1: then mark your calendars, that Mizzou game. Yeah. What Here. is it? December 2nd yeah. or yes. December yeah. 2nd. We need to pack. Liberty Arena. It's going to be fun to see at, that place full this yeah. year. I
0: mean, say what you want, Mizzou's, you tickets. Mizzou's not a great team, Can but th- this will be one of the more more high profile games yes. on Liberty's yeah. campus. And at least since I've been here, yeah. you had an SEC opponent yeah. coming to your building like this. Yeah, pack it out, and I think it's a game Liberty has a chance to win.
2: I'm really curious to see how the guys just develop over the course of the year because you have so many young faces. Like you said, at the beginning, when it gets to like conference tourney time, I think it's going to be a different looking group with just. wisdom they've gained from the season but here and from McKay yeah exactly real quick before we go the hockey uh good weekend series top five matchup in the ACHA number four Stony Brook came to town Liberty is number three Liberty won night one three to one night
3: two tied it up with like 30 seconds left and one in the shootout way to go boys boys Uh, skating uh, real hard digging pucks out of corner eh?
1: I need to get to a game I love me some hockey okay women's basketball tomorrow yes. like you said what is a quick preview of that team
2: young again there's a really young team um they have a young lady named Hess coming in and uh, she can shoot it I'm hoping that they just let her just like just chuck threes from everywhere because the, the girl can shoot <laughs> so I'm excited to see that and they've gone back to the traditional big look Liberty's got four bigs that I think can the all can play so they're going to be really deep in that area.
1: This is an exciting time on yeah. campus because you got basketball going, football still happening. Um, I don't know. I'll talk to Matt if you get next week off, Joe. But it will bye be... weeks. Joe need a bye oh, week. Oh, I get a
0: bye Joe's week. Been, Joe's I'm... been grinding for 10 straight weeks. Yes, I have. I, think I get paid a I, lot. He looks like
1: that. I think I – you guys are getting paid for this? Yeah, <laughs> I think I need a bye week. So yeah. that'll be TBD. But thanks for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week.